What's up, Daw Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy, and I want to welcome you to the Monday episode of Behind the Daw. Now, if you're new to the podcast, don't worry, it's totally fine. This is a podcast where I interview music producers, artists, music industry experts, singers, songwriters, sound designers, and like literally everyone else in between on an emotional, philosophical, branding, marketing, and overall music business basis. But you caught the Monday episode. And the Monday episode, what this is, is that over the course of the month, in my free time, I find a book that I think would be really, really beneficial for music producers. I've and read that book. I take notes on that book and I figure out how to apply those principles that are taught in there into a music producer's life. And then I bring all of that knowledge, all of that wisdom, all of that value back to you and just and just give it to you freely. So that way, number one, you don't have to find the book. Number two, you don't have to read the book. And number three, you don't have to figure out how to apply it into your life. I'm just literally handing it to you on a silver platter. All right. And something I, I feel like I should mention really, really quickly. So we are currently building a new studio right now. So I got I get a little bit of acoustic, you know, treating in this room right now. Now, you know, I'm, I'm talking through my chaotic eyeball. I got some foam up on the wall and stuff like that. But we're actually having people come into the office next week, I believe on Monday. And well, actually, I guess the day that this releases, that's cool. Building a wall and we're going to wall it off and get it all like acoustically treated and everything. But so if you hear more reverb than normal, I, I, I apologize for that. You know, if you hear more echo than normal, I, I apologize for that. It's, it, you know, within a couple of weeks, it's, that's going to be all taken care of. It's not going to happen anymore. So again, I apologize for that. But with that being said, Donation, so we are in week two of going over the compound effect by Darren Hardy. And unfortunately, this type of episode was inevitably going to happen, you know, eventually. And and this type of episode, basically, you know, like if, as we're going through and reading the books and we're finding good things to apply to our lives, eventually we were going to stumble upon a concept, a theme, a, a, an ideology that was not only that we didn't agree with, but something that is profoundly wrong, that is so detrimental to one's mental health that I have to bring it up. So there's certain things that Darren Hardy talks about inside of the book. I got to admit, it's not even opinion. It is, I mean, this is fact. Like th- there are things that are said in the book that is not only wrong, but extremely detrimental for people to hear and to believe. And so, you know, I just want you to know going into this full disclaimer that this episode is going to get very, 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 very real and probably very, very, very heated because this is over a, a subject that I am very well versed in and very passionate about. And so I, I just want you to know, just full disclaimer, this isn't going to be like the normal lucky go happy, super motivating uh, type of episode. And, and that's okay. Sometimes we need these type of episodes when we talk about the real stuff, the dark stuff. But there's something I do want to say with this is that please, uh, I, I, I'm like borderline pleading with you to listen to this. I know on the surface, they may, you may be like, well, wait, you know, I'm here to, to learn about music production stuff. I'm here to learn how to be a musician, how to do this that and the other i promise you that the information that is going to be brought up in this type of episode is actually going to be very beneficial to you and either currently or in the long run we got to remember when we're making music when we're trying to create art when we're trying to create music that is like the literal audio version of our souls we need to have things set in place where it's okay for those emotions to come out and it's okay and and we need to have things set in place where we know the things that are going on in our minds and we need to take care of our mental health and so on and so forth and so i just want you to know that this what is going to be taught absolutely 100 without a shadow of a doubt completely is meant for music producers in fact it's meant for anyone in general for singers for songwriters for literally quilters like you know olympic swimmers like it, it doesn't matter who you are this type of episode is for everyone and it will only 
help you along your path. It'll only help you along your, your journey, along your music production journey, along your musicianship journey, your singer, your songwriter journey, all that kind of stuff. So please just know that like there is a lot of value in there and it, ha- and it, and it will tie back to you and your music career. But before we get into this, you know, the super deep stuff, the really, really kind of, I guess you can kind of say like the darkness, so to say, before we get into that, I do want to announce the Donation Weekly Citizen Award. And usually I, I, I announce them at the end of the episode, but because of the nature of this episode, you know, I don't want to walk down kind of this, this darker path, this, you know, like this, this kind of serious stuff. And then just at the end be like, and by the way, guess who wins the dot? You know, I don't want to do that. So I, I kind of want to, you know, be respectful to the to the emotions and the and the topics that we're going to be talking about. So the the if you don't know if it's the first time to the podcast, and you don't know what the Donation Weekly Citizen Award is. Basically, um, over the course of a week, I keep my eyes peeled and my ears to the ground of people that are really doing amazing things for Donation. You know, if they leave a really great review on iTunes, if they you know tag me in a really great Instagram story, leave a really great comment on a video, send me a really great DM or an email or something of that nature. And whoever wins this either gets one of two things: they can either get a, a an hour-long free private lesson with me. We can go over music marketing or or sound design, music production, whatever you want to go over. Or they get to come on and co-host with me on an episode of In the Dot or Behind the Dot, an interview, you know, like a big music producer, music industry expert, someone of that nature. So uh, just really quickly, I just want to announce who the winner is this week, and then we'll get into the, the really deep stuff for this uh, for this episode. So I'm going to hop on over to iTunes, and they left a really great review on iTunes, which is awesome. And so this review comes from SS. I'll have 11. I really hope I said that right. But SS I'll have 11 says behind the dot is the best music podcast on the market today with everything from in-depth technical production advice to super valuable packed interviews with some of the top producers in the industry. This podcast is your one-stop shop for everything you need to move forward in your music career. Give it a listen. You will not be disappointed. SS I'll have 11. You're freaking awesome. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Go ahead get in contact with me and you can have one of those two things you know either the the private lesson with me or you can come on an episode of in the dawn behind the dawn by the way we're getting close to the end of the year and if you get if you win multiple dawn nation weekly citizen awards you get the dawn nation medal of honor which basically that award gives you all of the products that we've launched that year for free so like the school base this ableton course is coming up called the sierra master classes and Griffin course you get all of it for free thank you so much ss i'll have 11 and i will be keeping my eyes peeled for next week for for the next winner so thank you so much for that and so now that we got that out of the way now we can actually get into the deep stuff this week the meat of the conversation and and be prepared to go over some really emotional really deep you know arguably dark concepts it's gonna be a heck of an episode ladies and gentlemen all right so uh, honestly i don't really have a proper segue into what we're talking about so i just i let's i guess we're just gonna have to dive into the deep end okay first off i just want to say that there is a lot of good things in this book there is that there there are there there are a lot of good concepts that darren hardy talks about that i really do truly believe like they logically make sense they factually make sense and and there's some things that i haven't yet proven but it seems like they would make complete sense and 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 i do believe in them but there is this one thing inside of here there's this one blaring concept that not only can I not agree with, I I morally can't just let it go unchecked. The concept that Darren Hardy is, is I, I believe he's trying to talk about, is taking responsibility for your actions. That if you look at your life and you look at the bad things that are going on in your life, the bad habits that you have, the bad situations that you're in, like 97% of the time, it could be tied back 
to you making bad choices. And so therefore, if you made the bad choices, you should own up to that and do the requisite work and take responsibility for what's going on in order to make it better. Now, we'll go we'll go deeper into that in a second. But what I'm talking about is that Darren Hardy took this concept way too far. And again, it's it's not only something I disagree with, but it's something that I'm passionately against. And I believe that it's detrimental to people reading the book or listening to the podcast and then they go read the book because they're listening to the podcast. And so I want to talk about why something like this is so passionate to me. And and, and this is going to be on a very vulnerable note. I, I, I can honestly say that this episode of Behind the Daw is the most vulnerable I've ever been on an episode before. And so when I was in high school, I struggled a lot with anxiety and depression and feelings of suicide and things of that nature. And we'll talk about why later on in the podcast. When that happens, I was constantly reaching out for help from people, whether it be relatives or professionals or whatever. And the what I got in return, some some of the, some of the advice and some of the techniques and the strategies that I got in return were were portrayed to me as doctrine, as absolute truths that that would be like anyone would just be a fool to. To, to battle against, to, to say was wrong, to question. But the problem is, is that when you walk down those paths and you find out that those quote unquote absolute truths aren't in fact absolute truths, they're actually just opinions. For someone who is in a very delicate mind state, this could do decades worth of damage. This could, this could take lives. And so I am not okay knowing that there are these types of mentalities out there that could be extremely detrimental to people that are in these mind states or in these type of situations, but people are portraying them as doctrine. They are portraying them as absolute truths. And I really do believe this is how Darren Hardy is is portraying this, this certain concept in here. And I have quotes. I have direct quotes from the book that it's really hard not to see it that way. And I, I honestly logically don't know how else to take it. And so with this being said, I want to go to a direct quote from the book because it's taking this concept of that you have control of your life, again, to an extreme. And so in this, in this part of the book, Darren Hardy, is in, he's at a seminar and it's a seminar about relationships. And, and just so you know, it's not just a seminar about like, like between a boyfriend and a girlfriend or a spouse or whatever. It's not that type of relationship. It's, it's any relationship. It could be a, with a mother and a father, a friend, a, a cousin, a coworker, it's anything of that nature. And so this, this guru at this seminar says this, and, this is, and just so you know, this is a direct quote from the book, okay? Quote, what percentage of shared responsibility do you have in making a relationship work, end quote. And so what that means is, if you look at the quality of any relationship, what what percentage of responsibility lies on your shoulders? Basically, if, if a relationship sucks, how much of the percentage of that relationship lies on your shoulders? Even going back and and making sure, because I wanted to fact check this, I wanted to make sure that I'm, I'm not giving you false information, but even going back and actually listening to Darren Hardy say this, it makes me profoundly upset, extremely upset because, okay, let me, I'll, I'll just quote this next part and and I think it'll start to paint the picture more. 
you know, a bunch of people threw out numbers like 50, 50, 51, 49, 20, 80, so on and so forth. And so this guru goes up to the whiteboard and says 100% to zero, basically saying that you have 100% responsibility of the relationship. And here's a direct quote from the book, quote, you have to be willing to give 100% with zero expectation of getting anything in return. Only when you are willing to give 100% responsibility for making the relationship work, will it work. I'm going to try very hard to separate Darren Hardy from this situation because Darren Hardy seems like a really good guy and he's has he has a lot of good stuff in this book and I will I will go for I will respect him as a person but I want you to know that I'm about to go for I'm about to go for the throat with I'm I'm going in for the kill with this ideology so I want you to know that what I'm about to say is not an attack on Darren Hardy but an attack on this on this ideology this is actually literally is currently fighting for the most stupid thing I have ever heard in my life. It is actually literally fighting for one of the most detrimental mindsets that I've ever heard about in my entire life. Before I even really get into really like demonstrating why this is not okay, I took the liberty of going onto the internet and searching on some of the most well-known domestic violence sites. Basically, these sites are to help people that are in domestic violence relationships, abusive relationships. And I found a guide, a literal guide that would tell you if you are in an abusive relationship, any type of abusive relationship, whether it's parental or spouse or however. And guess what? Here's a direct quote. This is on, this is the second thing that is brought up in this guide, in this, in this kind of self checklist to see if you are in an abusive relationship okay so just remember let's read i'm going to quote what what is said in the book one more time and then i'm going to quote what is said on this domestic one of the highest rated domestic violence sites in the world okay the quote is uh, from the book quote you have to be willing to give 100 with zero expectations of getting anything in return only when you are willing to take 100 responsibility for making the relationship work will it work Okay, so now here's the quote from the domestic violence site. First off, it says, you know, this is one of the signs that you are in an abusive relationship. It says, you tell yourself that you just have to try harder. Quote, there's no doubt that relationships take work, but that work has to come from both parties. Relationships are about coming together through love and understanding, and that doesn't happen by pinning someone as wrong or bad. It happens by understanding each other and seeking a solution that gives both of you peace of mind. We go further on in the book. Here's another quote. Here's a direct quote from the book that comes right after that first quote that I said. It says, quote, if I always take 100% responsibility for everything that I experience, completely owning all of my experiences, I hold the power. Everything is up to me, end quote. And here's another quote from the domestic violence site, where again, this is one of the most highly, this is one of the most well-known domestic violence abuse sites in the world. This says, quote, if you are saying things to yourself, nothing you do is ever good enough, then you are in an abusive relationship. You really try to give your best, but you still fail your partner nearly every single day. You've worked so hard to be a better partner, but every issue in your relationship gets pinned on the things you are or aren't doing. Now, I feel like the quotes that I brought up from the compound effect are pretty damning. And I feel like 
like the the opposing quotes that I brought up from the one of the highest rated domestic violence sites in the entire world were pretty convincing. But I want to take it a step further. I want to take it a step further and make sure that there is no grounds left and no question left in my mind or anyone else's mind that this mind state is okay. I want I want to make sure that we absolutely obliterate this. So so let's make an analogy. Let's say there's Bob. Bob has a drug-addicted mother. And ever since Bob was a child, his mother has not only been doing drugs, but she's been doing drugs near him and affecting him that way. Not only that, but but Bob's mother physically abuses him. She beats the living crap out of Bob. Not only on top of that, she emotionally abuses him. Not only on top of that, she sexually abuses him. Not only on top of that, she starves him. She leaves him out in the cold. He has literally gained handicaps, physical handicaps, by how she has treated him, not even to mention all the mental scars. So what you're telling me, what you're telling me is that I have to look Bob in the face and tell him, that the quality of the relationship between him and his mother completely rests on Bob's shoulders? Are you freaking kidding me? Are you telling me that if there is a husband and a wife and the husband is an alcoholic, beats the crap out of the wife, cheats on her, even though she is a dang good wife and has never been unfaithful to him, you're telling me that that wife is supposed to believe that the quality of the relationship that she has with that crap husband sits squarely on her shoulders? Is that what you're telling me? Do you have any idea if someone was uh, was like Bob or like the woman with, with the terrible husband and they hear something like that? They hear something like that. They were trying so freaking hard just to make it through the day and then they hear from someone that is supposed to be a well-respected figure, someone that is supposed to have a lot of answers, that is supposed to be you know, a very reliable source for making your life better, when, when they hear someone that says, guess what? Everything that you are experiencing right now with your relationship sits squarely on your shoulders. The quality of the relationship sits squarely on your shoulders. This is absolutely asinine. This is garbage. This is actual literal abuse of the highest level. Because I, I I think I understand what Darren Hardy is trying to say here. I think I understand what he's trying to say. He's trying to say that if you own up to your actions, he's he's trying to say that you do have control of your actions. The problem with what he is saying, the way that he phrased it, is that he lumped three other concepts into what he was saying that you don't actually have control over, okay? Because the first thing that he's talking about is the control of your own choices. The second thing is the control of your consequences. The third thing is the control of other people's choices. And the fourth thing is the control of other people's consequences. The reality is that you only have control of one of those things and it is the control of your choices. You don't even have control of your own consequences. You don't. You are mortal. You do not have the control of your consequences. You cannot say, hey, I'm going to choose to eat healthy and take my vitamins and I know that I will not get cancer. You can't control that. That is something that is outside of your control. You cannot control those consequences. You can create a ground where it is most likely for certain consequences to happen, but you cannot control your consequences. You can't say just because I choose to do this one thing, therefore this other thing will have to happen. That is not how reality works. If you don't even have control of your own consequences, How the heck are you supposed to control someone else's choices or their consequences? How are you supposed to live your life and make your choices and expect someone else 
to follow suit or to to, to conform their life around your choices because that is what is being said. If you only if you only take responsibility for the relationship and make the choices and 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 make the choices in order for the relationship to work, then the other person's hand will be forced. It will be forced, and they will have to start working on that relationship. You know, they'll, they'll have to stop cheating on you. They will have to go to rehab and go to their AA meetings. They will have to do this, that, and the other. Well, that is absolutely false. In fact, I truly hope that no one in this in listening to the Behind the Dot episode right now is a rape victim. But th- this this concept of false control of over of over consequences and actions is actually taught if if you have been raped and you've went to a counselor or a therapist one of the main strategies that therapists and counselors use is to teach this concept that you don't have control over other people's actions because most of the time when someone like for example let's say that there is a child being molested by a parent one of the common things that the child says is oh the reason why daddy did this is because I dressed a certain way or because I did this certain thing. Therefore, if I do not dress this certain way or do this certain thing, daddy will not molest me. Well, of course, that's false. It doesn't matter. It's a false sense of control. You can't control the other person's actions by changing your choices. That is not how that works. And to try and embed this in someone's mind is abuse in and of itself. This is not okay at all. You do have control over your choices and I will fully support that. And I will fully support the ideology that 97% of the of the thing of where you are in your life and the results that you are getting lay squarely on your shoulders. But you need to understand that if you are in an abusive relationship, if you have an abusive father, if you have been raped or molested or beaten or or in any form of domestic violence at all, if you've been cheated on at all in any fashion or another, it is not your fault. And you do not need to take that onto your shoulders. And if I'm being real, Daw Nation, I contemplated recording this episode. In fact, I'm I'm like, I don't even know. I'm like 30 minutes into this episode recording this episode. And I've contemplated multiple times taking it down just because you know like this this seems a little too vulnerable a little too real for for what we have going on and it's and it's uncomfortable for me to be this vulnerable with this kind of stuff but how on earth am i supposed to run a podcast that is focused around being emotionally intelligent and emotionally open and being vulnerable how on earth could i have recorded the super fan episode and talked about being vulnerable and how important it is and then and then feel something so strongly and have an opportunity to be vulnerable and and not take it and 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 go against everything that I've told you guys to do with being vulnerable with your followers and being vulnerable with with relationships and stuff like that. How on earth can can I say those things and not be vulnerable now? Wow, this is really hard to record this episode and I can feel so much force trying to tell me not to do it, but this is something that I am incredibly passionate about and that we need to keep going and we need to keep talking about. Because if we're being real donation, the reason why this hits home so hard is because my entire life, my dad was a drug addict and I wish it could stop there. I watched my dad do horrible, awful things to me, my sister, my mom, and everyone around him. I watched him do horrible things, absolutely horrible things that we tried to get the law involved with, but because we were in a small town and because he had a certain last name, 
they wouldn't even touch him. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even think about it. In fact, he beat the crap out of me when I was 15 years old and I got all the charges went for, for it and I went to jail. A 40-year-old man beat the crap out of a 15-year-old kid and I went to jail. I, I am very well versed with elders, with family members, with teachers, with people telling me that the quality of the relationship that I have with my father falls squarely on my shoulders. I feel so strongly that there is someone that needs to hear this message, that needs to know my thoughts, my feelings, and my experiences of everything like that. And I, I don't know who you are. I just want you to know that trying to put this podcast together is one of the most painful things I've ever done to really be this vulnerable and put myself out like this. But I want you to know that I'm going to do my best to man up and do this because I have a very strong feeling that there is someone that really needs to hear this. And I'm going to sacrifice my comfort, my comfortability, my sanctuary, my mental sanctuary that I built up over the last couple of years. And I'm going to put it out on the table. I can't, I can't stand the feeling that I have knowledge, that I have skills, that I have tools, that I have facts and logic to help someone in this type of situation. And I'm going to hold it back just because I'm scared, just because I don't want to relive those experiences. Okay. So I want you to know, Donation, I'm not saying these kind of things as a boohoo. I'm not trying to say these things, you know, as like, oh, why, you know, like you're so strong for going down on a limb saying this. I don't, I don't care about any of that. I don't give two crafts about any of that kind of stuff. I really do truly feel, and I had this feeling since since I've listened to the book, that there is someone that is listening to this podcast right now that really needs to hear this, that is in this type of relationship. Maybe it's with a parent, maybe it's with a spouse, maybe it's with a with a coworker, maybe it's with with a aunt, an uncle, or whatever. That they're going through something like this and they and they have this type of this type of mentality that's been told to them that everything about the relationship is sitting squarely on their shoulders and it's an absolute bunch of crap. Because when I was 16, 17, and 18, when I really started to understand the depth of what my dad was doing to all of us, and I had family members, I had best friends, I had teachers, heck, I even had counselors that told me that the reason why he was doing this was actually because of, was because of me, because of someone that wasn't even legally defined as an adult, because of a child. I can't even begin to explain the, the crater in the mind, the depth, the depression, the anxiety, the, the stress, the wants for suicide that that caused. I want you to know that if anyone ever tells you this type of mindset, that you, that you are 100% responsible for a relationship like this. It is an absolute bunch of crap and you are more than welcome to play this podcast to them and to have me yell at them for you. I'm more than happy to do that because no one deserves to live through life believing that type of garbage. Donation, I, I want you to know these type of episodes are not going to happen this often. You know, not very, very rarely do, do we stumble upon a concept like this, but I want you to know that when it's something that I am insanely passionate about and, and I feel like it, it, I really need to record it to help someone, I'm going to do it. So if this is, if this is a little too real, if this is a little too deep, if this is a little too emotional, a little, I would even say if it's a little too cringy, if it's a little too cringy for you, hey, I, I want you to know that I completely understand and that's okay. And and I, I would never force you to listen to something like this. But if someone is listening to this and they are really, really struggling, I want you to know that I 100% back you up and I'm ready to help you with anything. I'm ready. I'm ready to give you the emotional support and everything that you need because there is only a few people in my life that are, that were actually there for me like that. And that's, that's honestly, I believe one of the reasons why I'm still here is because they actually gave me the truth, the undeniable, undividable truth that if you are being abused, if you have 
have an abusive father, if you have an abusive mother, if you're in an abusive relationship of any fashion, it does not mean that it sits squarely on your shoulders. And again, Dawn Nation, I, you know, someone could be listening to this episode right now and they're just like, well, why I took it way too far? He took it way too far. That's not what Darren Hardy was talking about. You know, why it kind of, you know, he took it way too far. And I understand that. I understand, like I said from the beginning, I don't think that this is what Darren Hardy was trying to say. I don't think this is what he was trying to say. Morally, it eats me inside to know that there is a popular book like this that of course there are people that are being abused and of course there's people that are in abusive relationships that are going to read this book and then they're going to read that part of the book and it is going to send them into an emotional an emotionally tumultuous place and i can't i i couldn't morally be making these type of episodes about the compound effect and not, and knowing that I have the information that I do, the evidences that I do, the, the experiences that I do and not bring that up. There's just no, there's just no way that morally I could do that. And so I just, again, I want you to know, I, I know that he probably wasn't trying to say those things, but I feel like it is my responsibility to make sure that the ground is completely clear and everyone knows that this mindset is not okay. And it has never been okay and it will never be okay. In fact, a couple years ago, Kylie and I were taking this marriage class that was provided by our church that we just literally, we just stumbled upon this class, okay? It was honestly one of the most beautifully serendipitous things that ever happened. The person that was teaching in class was a full-time marriage therapist. He taught about this concept of preventing resentment. Resentment is one of the most vile and vicious and venomous things that you could ever put into your body. Resentment happens when you have a relationship. Again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter any relationship you have. It doesn't matter if it's a brother, a wife, a spouse, a friend, a coworker. It doesn't matter. The way that he explained it was like this. Okay, picture a football field, and at the fifty-yard line, right? We're going to split the football field in two. Right? There's the left side and the right side. It splits in half at the fifty-yard line. Okay, on one side of the field is you. And on the other side of the field is the person that you are in a relationship with. If you want to build that relationship with that person and, and have a really strong relationship with that person, that is built off making and keeping good commitments. And the way that you make and keep good commitments is that you talk to each other from, from the either side of the football field and you stay on your side. The minute that you start compromising on the commitments that you have made to the other person is when resentment is formed. For example, let's say that you are married and the the agreement is that when you cook, the other person clean or yeah, the other person does the dishes. But if one night you cook and the other person, you know, your spouse doesn't keep up on that commitment, and that means that you are crossing the 50-yard line, and you are going over and you are kind of, you know, doing more than your share. And when you do more of your share, resentment is created. This is called enabling. This is, so for example, let's say that you like in the in the concept of my dad, my dad was a drug addict, and so I was always going across the 50-yard line, oh, to to make sure that he was okay, to covering for him with with when coworkers came over wondering where he was, you know, hiding hiding stuff from my mom so that she didn't see what was happening, all this kind of stuff. I was enabling him. I was making him want to do it more. I was making it easier for him to do it more. And I can't even begin to explain the sheer amount of resentment that came towards my dad that I'm still dealing with to this day. So this is coming from a from a very well-known therapist that is very, very, very good. And it makes an insane amount of sense. So no, this concept that a quote 
if I always take 100% of responsibility, 100% of responsibility for everything that I experience, completely owning all my experiences, I hold the power, everything is up to me, end quote. No, I cannot agree with that. I cannot morally agree with that. I actually think that is one of the most emotionally tumultuous things that I have ever heard in my entire life. So no, it is not okay. On top of all of this though, Dawn Nation, is that there is a sl- there is truth to the madness of what he is saying. And this is in, in the latter half of the chapter, he actually goes in and, and he actually says some certain things that actually fall into what I agree with. He goes in and he starts talking about your power to control your choices, which will most likely affect your consequences. But again, you can't control your consequences. You can make choices where certain consequences are most likely going to happen, but you cannot control your consequences. So for example, if someone comes up to me and they say, I don't have enough time to produce music, this this more than likely falls completely on the shoulders of the person because it's like, wait, well, hold up. What choices are you making? I can almost guarantee that if we go through your life, we will find the choices that you are making that is not allowing you to produce music. Maybe you're playing video games for four hours a day. Maybe when you get home from work, you're just too tired to do so, and so you just want to sleep. Maybe in that instance, maybe you need to find something that will re- re- reju- healthily rejuvenate you so that you can produce when you get home. You know, maybe you're so stressed out with school, this, that, and the other. It's like, well, maybe you need to start cutting some things out of your life that you don't really need. Maybe you need to stop going to the club every weekend and partying. Maybe you need to stop smoking weed on the weekend and actually work on the things that matter. Maybe you need to go to counseling in order to work through these hard things that you're going through in order so that you can produce music better. Most of the reasons I'm going to say, when I say most, I mean like seriously, 97% of the reasons why people bring up why they don't have enough time to produce music. Again, it's like, well, hold up. I can almost bet you anything that we can trace them back to some bad choices that you are making. And if we change those choices, it will most likely yield a consequence where you have more time to do music. And it's the same with anything. It could be the same with your health. Oh, I'm not healthy because I don't have money. Well, hold up. Are, I'm pretty sure you're making choices right now for because you didn't have money. Didn't you choose the profession that you went into? Don't you choose where every single dollar in your bank account goes every single month? Don't you choose to buy certain fast foods instead of going and buying something healthy like a head of broccoli? Don't you choose that? And so I understand in the second part of the chapter where he's talking about owning up to the choices that you make. And I agree with that. And whenever there is something going bad in my life, the first thing, the first thought that I have come to my mind is that there is a high possibility that it, that because of where I'm at, the pain that I'm feeling, the frustration that I'm feeling, the stress that I'm feeling is because of my own choices. But the second thought that immediately follows through is that there is a chance, there is a small chance, but there is a chance that it is not my fault, the reason why I am feeling this way. And recently, I, I got two examples to actually prove and to back up exactly what I'm talking about. Over the last couple months, I have been profoundly stressed out. I have been profoundly stressed out with getting everything done, with doing all of these episodes, with keeping up with the school base, with keeping up with my own health, let alone taking care of two small children while my wife goes to school three days a week and then me staying up extremely late 
every single night to take care, to, to, to make sure everything gets done. I have been extremely stressed out because of it. And one of the thoughts that immediately came into my head when I was going through all this is that this isn't fair. Why is this going on? Why does my life suck so much? I'm trying to do this good thing. I'm trying to provide all this content to help people out, to become better music producers, to help them out emotionally on their journey. I'm trying to provide these good concepts. I'm trying to make a living for me and my family so that me and my kids and my wife are taken care of so that we have food on the table. I'm trying to do all this stuff. Why the heck am I being punished because of this? Why do I feel like crap? Why is this happening? This isn't my fault. Well, it took a couple months for me to actually realize what was going on. And I actually had to have that conversation with myself. I was like, well, wait, hold up. First off, I chose this life. I chose to go into this profession. I chose to go and be a partner with a school base with AU5. I chose to create In the Dawn, Behind the Dawn. I chose to start Dawn Nation. I chose to get married and have children. I chose to say, yes, Kylie, you should totally go to school. I chose all of these things. So yes, every, every bit of this is actually sitting squarely on my shoulders. And in fact, I chose not to hire employees. I chose not to contract out work. I chose not to get a babysitter when it was crunch time and I really need to get things done. I chose not to get sleep, okay? I chose these things. Well, guess what? When I had that realization, it was like the heavens were opened and I understood things on a much, 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 much deeper level. And guess what? I got four employees now. And they're taking care of a lot of stuff that was taking my time. And so I can actually enjoy my kids now. I can actually, I can actually get sleep now. I can actually do these pod, kind of podcasts. No, it's like, hey, it's okay. It's totally fine. I, you know, I can send this over to Alex and he can edit it and everything's okay. I, I, I have that right now. And guess what? My quality of life is shot through the roof because I chose to start, I chose to start problem solving, figuring out, okay, why am I here and how do I get out of it? And, and to wrap this episode up, I want to go back to me talking about my dad. Because it actually, my, the, the situation with my dad actually incorporates both sides of the coin on concepts of both sides of the coin, which says, no, this situation is not my fault. And the other side of the coin, which says, there are some things in this situation that are my fault and that I can change. I don't talk about my dad a lot on this podcast because if we're being absolutely frank, I don't really think that he's worth talking about. He did a lot of awful things. And now that I have a son, I have no idea how someone could ever do that to any human being, let alone a child. And I went through a lot of mental pain because of what he did. And I still do. I still do to this day. But when I was 17 years old and I, you know, and I had walked through the valley of death multiple times because of my dad, I was so sick of it. And I had to come to, I had to come to the grips that his decisions and the things that he was doing, the quality of the relationship that I had with my father was not just because it was sitting on my shoulders. It was not just sitting on my shoulders. It was heavily, heavily, heavily influenced by him. No one, no logical person could look a child in the face and say, there is no way that the quality of the relationship is your dad's fault. There's no way that because he takes too many pills and then falls over and beats you that it's his fault. What logical person is going to say that? When I came to that realization, I was absolutely fed up with everything and I was so mad and I was so hurt and I was so broken because of everything. I got, I was, I was done. I was, I was ready to do anything. I was ready to go to war to try and fix this, to try to do something. And that's when there was this huge shift in my mind where it was just like, I understand the quality of the relationship. I understand that my dad's actions is not my fault, but I will be damned 
if I don't do something to stop it, if I don't make the choices right now to make my life and my and my family's life better. And so I remember, I, I remember is like, it was probably in October It's probably like, we're probably like sitting. I mean, that was back in 2010. We're probably like sitting like nine. This, this episode could come out literally nine years from the day that this happened. I don't even know. I can't even remember the day. And I remember calling my therapist, which frankly, I didn't really think was that good of a therapist, but I was like, I don't even care. I don't even care. I'm doing something. I'm taking action today. I don't care what it is. As long as I know that I'm moving forward, I'm taking action. I know that I can be okay. And so I did. I went and called my therapist. I told them everything. I told them all the lies I told my therapist over the years. I'm like, I lied about this, this, that, and the other. My dad's doing this. My dad's doing that. He just did this. He just did that. You know, he's lying to the cops. He's doing this. He's he's buying this. He's stealing this. He's poaching this. He stole this person's truck. He did this, that, and the other. You know what my therapist did? He called all of my family. He called every single member of my family. He called my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents, my sister, my mom, my everyone. And he got everyone together. And that night, that is when everything changed. And we got everyone together and we said, Dad, if you don't fix this, then we're out of here. And he didn't fix this and we were on the run. And it really, really sucked. But it was much better than sitting there living in a lie, believing that it was all on my shoulders. And the reason why I'm telling the story is because I took action. I was saying, okay, I understand that the, 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 that the choices and the consequences of my dad is not is not my fault. But my choices of what to do about this situation right now is completely squarely on my shoulders. And I can accept that. And I will do everything in my power to stop it, to change it, to do whatever. Because this is not okay. So I want you to know, Donation, if there is someone that is listening to this right now. I want you to know that if you've been abused, if you've been raped, molested, beaten, left out on the streets, left out in the cold, you've been starved by your parents, neglected, emotionally abused, physically abused, spiritually abused, whatever you want to say, if there's any of you that is any kind of, that is even scratching the surface of any of that kind of stuff, I want you to know right here, right now, that is not your fault that that kind of stuff happened. That is not your fault. I also want to say there is a very, 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 very special place in hell for people that abuse children like that. But I also want you to know that you have full control of what happens right now in your life. You have control to leave. You have control to get out of that situation. You have full control to go tell someone about it, to make sure that you get the help that you have. You have full control to do whatever you have. You have full control over your actions right now to go and make sure that never happens again. You have full control to take actions right now to make sure that you're safe. So eventually you can be like, I am here now because I made the right decisions. You have full decisions over your choices right now that will help you most likely give you the results that you need. You know, I'm just, and just on a really personal note, and I like this whole interview has been personal enough. But just on a personal note, if any of you are struggling with those things and you don't know who to talk to, you don't know what the first steps are, you have no idea where to go or what to say or who to talk to or anything like that, you don't even have the courage to really admit the situation, the, the, the depth of the situation of what you're going through. If any of you, if that is any of you, if that's even kind of any of you, please reach out to me. All right, I've had 20 years of counseling I've been to the darkest depths of humanity of the mind and I understand and I understand what those things are like and I want you to know that you are not alone. I want you to know that there is a way out. There's always a way out. 100% of the time is there a way out and I'm here for you and I'll help you. I'll give you the resources that you need. I'll point you towards people that can help you. I'll tell you step by step what you need to do. I don't care because I can't, like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I can't live with myself knowing that I have information and, tr- and tools and strategies that can help someone in the situation. 
and that I just keep it to myself just because I'm scared to be vulnerable. So Daw Nation, I want you to know that these type of episodes, I'm not, I'm not referring to the Monday episode. Obviously, the Monday episode will keep going every single Monday. But these type of episodes that are very vulnerable and that are very real and very deep and very, very passionate, I want you to know that these probably aren't going to very happen very often to, to this extent, okay? But I really just wanted to clarify that I felt very strongly that someone within Donation needed to hear this. And I will gladly put myself on the line in front of all of Donation. I will gladly go into the darkest depths of my experiences and be vulnerable. I will gladly do that. Even though it's going to hurt like crazy, I will gladly do that to help just one of you in the audience that needed to hear this. And maybe, maybe it wasn't just for you. Maybe it was for someone that you knew. And now you can show this podcast to them and now this is going to change their lives. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know which one it is, but I just want you to know that I will do that. I will stay true to my feelings and to my promptings and to the guidance that I feel within that I feel like is guiding me to tell me to do these certain things. I want you to know that I'm going to stay true to that. And if there's something that I really do feel like is going to help you, Donation, even though it's going to be painful for me, I'm going to stay true to that. Wow, that was really, really intense. And so if you're if you if you're still with me could the end with this, I applaud you and I really, really appreciate you sticking with with me with this. And so to kind of just wrap this up, Donation, you know, it's kind of hard really going out on a limb like this and not knowing how anyone's gonna take this. Okay. So what if you could, if you could, I would really appreciate, you know, either in the comments or in, in, in a direct message, an email, something like that, like what your thoughts are on this. You know, do you agree with the things that I've talked about today? Do you not? Are you struggling with the things that I've brought up? Have you been through similar experiences? You know, this, that, and the other. Do you feel like I literally just took what Darren Hardy said way too extremes and that's not what he was talking about and I shouldn't even brought, brought this up and I should be ashamed? Is that your is that your feelings? Because I, I right now I, I have no idea how this episode is going to come out and, and, and how it's going to affect people. So with that being said, listen, I really appreciate you guys. I really, really do. And I want you to know that this episode was made with absolute love and it was made with the intent to help someone. And and unfortunately, you know, like if I do lose followers because of it, it's just like, oh, wow, that was, that was just too deep. That was just too, too vulnerable. It's too soapboxy. It's too boo-hooey. Uh, that's, that's unfortunate that you feel that way, but I will respect your decision to leave and, and, and that's okay. But for those who are staying in donation, I just want you to know that I will know, I will never go against that feeling inside when I feel like I need to do something, I'm going to do it. And so Donation, I, I would encourage you to do that too. If there's something inside that's, that, that, that is telling you to do something, even though it's vulnerable, even though it hurts, I encourage you to follow through with that. So Donation, I want you to know, guys, and I told you this in the first Monday episode, all right? I love you guys, okay? You are family to me and I want to take care of you and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you're taking care of us. That's why we're we're putting out two episodes a week. We're cranking out to three episodes a week. Maybe like, probably by the middle of 2020, we're going to have four episodes out a week. It's, it, I just want you to know that I love you guys and I'm doing everything I can to make sure that, that you are getting the truth, the absolute truth, not the opinions that will lead you down the wrong path, but the truth. And so I love you, Donation. I really do. And I, I, I hope to see you back here for more episodes, but, uh, but I can't wait to hear from all of you from all this. So have a fantastic day. You guys are all awesome. All right. Take care.